You're listening to Love and War with David Harwood. This is a weekly podcast where David offers spiritual insights that are aimed to enhance your relationship with God, yourself, and others. If you are edified by what you hear, please recommend this podcast to people you love. Now, here's David. Strengthening our hope. Let's develop our hope. In our previous meditation, I mentioned that Romans 15, 4 through 6, points out the scriptures as being a source of hope. Those verses are an incredible revelation of how the God of whom the Word testifies uses the testimony found in the inspired Word. Romans 15, 4. For whatever was written, in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. It seems as if Paul said that a primary purpose behind the writing of scripture is that those who are the beloved of God would have eschatological hope. That means that, by faith, we are called to view ourselves as existing in God's everlasting favor, We are to deliberately see the God of the scriptures in whom we have placed our trust as being on our side. He is for us. As with Judah in the Babylonian exile, he has plans to give us a blessed destiny. Here's a familiar foundational verse that may be applied by faith to every believer. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. The scriptures are a fountain of godly wisdom. We have the opportunity to receive instruction through them so that we might have hope. That which they reveal about God's interaction with the people of Israel and all humanity provide patterns through which we might see his saving activity with every individual child of God. Did God come through in the past? He will do so again. Why expect that? Read the Bible. In the midst of tragedy and disappointment, did he ultimately turn things around? Guess what? He'll do that again. Why hope? Read the Bible. God shall act according to that which has been written. That is a necessary outlook for us to help us persevere in every circumstance. This perspective is reinforced through the scriptures concerning judgment, Paul used Israel's wayward wilderness experiences to reinforce this holy truth. Now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. 1 Corinthians 10, 11. Contained within that warning is a principle which affirms Romans 15, 4. That which was written is immediately relevant to our lives. The scriptures were composed and given to us so we might be strengthened to hold on to the hope we've received. Although circumstances change, humans remain the same. We all have an ultimate destiny. God does not change. He is determined to bring us to himself. 1 Peter 3.18, Tree of Life Version, For Messiah once suffered for sins also, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. The Lord God wants to strengthen our emotional state so as to reflect this reality. 
He uses the Bible to help us maintain the hope to which we were introduced through the proclamation, the gospel, which has its roots in the Bible. To get the most out of the scriptures, it is helpful to review the vocabulary of hope. The other morning, I read these verses, Titus 1, verses 1 and 2. Paul, a slave of God and an apostle of Jesus the Messiah, for the faith of those chosen of God and the knowledge of the truth, which is according to godliness, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised long ages ago. I reflexively reverted to the colloquial definition of hope. In the beginning of all of these meditations, I quoted the Longman Dictionary of Contemporary English. It defines hope like this, to want something to happen or be true, and to believe that it is possible or likely. That's how I viewed hope in this context. My mind has been trained in our common culture's definition of the word hope. That way of viewing hope distorted what Paul was saying. Emotionally, I read in the hope of eternal life like this. In the uncertain but greatly desired outcome that may in fact actually happen, eternal life. How different the verse reads and feels when hope is replaced by its biblical definition. What we understand affects our souls. Listen to In the Hope of Eternal Life through the lens of hope's synonyms. First, the text, In the Hope of Eternal Life, which God, who cannot lie, promised. To me, that feels a little doubtful, a little less like a sure thing. Here's how I read it. I hope we get eternal life. After all, God promised, or to elaborate, in the uncertain but greatly desired outcome that may in fact actually happen, at least I hope so, eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised long ages ago. And now listen to it with the biblical definition. In the certain expectation of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised. Or, in the confident anticipation of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised. To me, certain expectation of eternal life or confident anticipation of eternal life feel different than in the hope of eternal life. To me, they seem more solid. They feel less iffy. They feel like something that is certain. Those words convey confidence. Those words provoke expectation. That is hope. I want to work a little with you in reviewing the emotional impact of the true definition of hope. Romans 15.13 references our Creator as the God of hope. The Greek word for hope in that verse is hope used as a noun, and it, it comes from the most common Greek word for hope in the New Testament and the Septuagint. One commentator mentioned this concerning this word. The Greek term does not have the connotation of uncertainty as the English term. And that's from Utley's The Gospel According to Paul, Romans. People understand this. In our language, in modern English, hope has a feeling of uncertainty. But hope in the Bible means anticipation or expectation. 
Here's an example of how hope, this Greek word, is translated expect within a common daily life circumstance. The Lord said, if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Luke 6, 34a. Now, to reiterate, uh, the word expect here is the Greek word which is translated hope everywhere. That is reflected in the New English translation. Luke 6, 34b, New English translation, from whom you hope to be repaid. This Greek word, as a noun, like you have been my hope, or as a verb, I hope in God, is used over 225 times in the Septuagint in about 150 verses. It translates several Hebrew words that mean hope. There are hopes which are good. There are also hopes for bad things nursed by evil people. Sometimes hope is best translated confident expectation. Sometimes maintaining hope can be a struggle. The common denominator is that hope is focused on the future. One does not yet see what one is hoping for. It hasn't come yet. Let's deliberately use the synonyms to make the verses mean what they meant. For instance, great anticipation, Romans 5.2, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exult in hope, confident expectation, confident anticipation of the glory of God. That's great anticipation. Now, no expectations. Ephesians 2, 12a. Remember that you are at that time separate from the Messiah, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope, having no confident expectation, having no anticipation. And then we have hope as a reasonable anticipation. 1 Peter 3, verse 15, But sanctify the Messiah as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope, an account for the confident expectation, an account for the confident anticipation that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Jesus is the guarantee of our highest expectations. He is our hope, the one we anticipate. As we continue to study some examples from the scriptures to build the strength of our hope, let us continually bring to mind that the Messiah is the foundation and strength of every hope. 2 Corinthians 1, 20. For as many as are the promises of God in the Son of God, they are yes. Therefore also through the Messiah Jesus is our amen to the glory of God through us. Love and War is written and presented by David Harwood. The theme song is Skirmish from the album Spontaneous Combustion by Leonard Jones. David has written several books, including God's True Love and his latest, Hope Again, Strengthening the Anchor of Your Soul, which contains a collection of daily devotionals. You can find links to these and others by visiting loveofgodproject.org and clicking on the book section. 
If you'd like to reach out to David, you can go to our Facebook page, Love and War DH, or send an email to loveofgodproject at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and please remember to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends.